Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Thursday, November 17th. Ian Cameron, and uh, healthy enough to be back here today on a Thursday, Alex B. Smith. Not 100% yet, but Alex is back good enough uh, to get through what's going to be a massive show today on a massive Thursday card. 13 games, hopefully lucky number 13 in terms of our bets that we're going to be recommending on the show on this massive Thursday slate. But before we get into all of that, Alex, first of all, welcome back. How are you feeling? Yeah, you know, slowly getting better that, you know, was kind of dealing with some other issues last week and then it turned into hitting this this bad flu that's been going around lately. And, uh, you know, I know people are kind of hesitant about getting shots and different things, but if I hadn't got my flu shot, according to my doctor, I probably would have had to go to the hospital the last couple of days with uh, how bad I was feeling, not keeping food down and different things. So, I'm glad to be feeling well enough to, like I said, just a big card. Didn't want to leave you hanging uh, today for sure. I wanted to be back on the show. But, uh, you know, it still takes some time to, to, to get back to, to full health. So, you know, getting there in the right direction. Absolutely. That's definitely uh, that's, sometimes it takes a while and you just got to try to get better bit by bit. Yeah. Uh, and that's what uh, you're trying to do at the uh, moment, getting better a uh, little uh, bit by bit as time goes on, no doubt. Uh, before we get into this massive Thursday card, briefly, because we got this a huge card, so we're not going to talk too much about last night. But briefly, yeah, the Buffalo Sabres are a pumpkin again, unfortunately. Uh, that tough loss again last night against Ottawa. They're struggling mightily. Uh, very disappointing run for them. Much needed win for Ottawa. St. Louis uh, keeps their nice little uh, resurgence going. Uh, following that losing streak, uh, that's now their fourth straight win. San Jose, Vegas, Colorado, and then Chicago last night getting the uh, victory. Talk about things that started to turn into a pumpkin. How about Soderblom uh, last <laughs> night for uh, Chicago, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the same old thing, the the terrible rebounds. It wasn't all his fault, though. The, the defensive breakdowns were absolutely horrific. Hawks had a great chance to, to possibly uh, pull even in that game. Taylor Radish, instead of making the shot and going up top shelf, Decided to try to pass the Taves and missed it. The next faceoff draw, basically a two-on-one break, uh, and the Blues make it 5-2. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, the Hawks are, are the Hawks right now, right? And and, and Soderblom's not going to be the guy. He's not the answer. I don't know what everybody's talking about two weeks ago. But, uh, you know, that's a spot where St. Louis needs to get a win. They've done well against the Hawks in recent years. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just tough to, to win with those games. And, it's so interesting. The crowd, there were 16,000 people in there last night, according to the attendance numbers. But if you were watching that game on TV, it sounded like there was maybe 50 people in the whole place. I mean, it's just absolutely dead. Like I said, it's the worst home ice advantage in the league right now. And and the Hawks, they actually, I think they've had the lowest attendance. They've had about 11,000, almost 12,000 uh, in that Islanders game at the beginning of the month. So things are only going to get worse for them, uh, you know. But it's said, the other couple games are good. That, that uh, L.A. and Edmonton game was really good to watch. Yeah, it definitely was. And yeah, you, uh, according to Alex, you couldn't tell if that was the United Center last night based on the atmosphere of the Church of Latter-day Saints. So you just <laughs> exactly. yeah, couldn't really tell by that. But uh, nevertheless, yeah, uh, St. Louis gets the win. And L.A. Edmonton was the game of the night uh, on TNT. It was the second game of the doubleheader. And I said this on Twitter, L.A. gets the uh, victory 3-1 uh, to one last night. If you want a clinical exhibition and display of how to defend the Edmonton Oilers, and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl for three periods. Pop a tape in the or, or watch a recording of what the Kings did last night. That was just absolutely terrific. I mean, that was smothering defense. 
That was a line in it. They did play a little trappish last night, the LA Kings, but it worked. I mean, they really made the Oilers try to play a chip and chase, dump and chase game. And I could hear the frustration, Alex and Edzo, during that game on the uh, broadcast saying, these guys, these guys got to start chipping the puck in. I mean, they're trying to skate through the middle. You know, they put this fortress in the neutral zone up, no pun intended, the LA mm-hmm. Kings. Uh, and they basically forced Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl, Hyman, uh, and Nugent Hopkins, all of them, to basically chip the puck in, win foot race situations for the puck in the offensive zone and beat your man and win board battles, win the puck in, this, in, in the, in the four-check game. And then, fortunately, they were still trying to make the pretty plays through the middle of the ice, and the L.A. Kings were just not willing to allow that last night. And uh, as a result, Edmonton didn't really generate a whole lot. L.A. capitalized on the chances they got, and the next thing you know, it was a 3-1 victory for L.A. as they get the win in the first meeting between those two teams after last year's seven-game playoff series. It was just a clinical effort defensively by the L.A. Kings, perfection of a road game by them. It was. It was a, a great win for LA, and they've you know they've hung around well with, with Edmonton. Remember those that those teams played to uh, a great seven game series in the playoffs last year. So you have these you know matchups, especially in, the, in interdivisional matchups, where teams you know may look better on paper, but for some reason that other team gives them fits. Then the thing with Edmonton, we see this with a lot of offensive teams. I've talked about this with the Hawks over the years. I've talked about this with some of those great wild teams. When you have a ton of offensive talent. Sometimes you tend to get a little too cute, a little too fancy, make the extra pass. I think that there's a bit of complacency sometimes with that top six group in Edmonton. They're so skilled and talented. They just kind of feel they can just tic-tac-toe the puck along and, and, and get great scoring chances. They don't really work and get those gritty, uh, get in those gritty areas. They did in the postseason last year. That's why they were able to advance as far as they did. But they don't do that in the regular season. They feel like everything's just going to open up and come to them. And that's not the case, especially when you have a team that has played you well over the last couple of years, like the LA Kings. So that's something that you, you know, really have to kind of look for and identify you know, it was a great game last night. I, I really should have taken L.A. I liked them uh, as a dog. I, I passed on it. But that was a game I wanted to sit and really watch. And I, I, I implore everyone, you know, at least once or twice a month, when you have a night where you don't bet any games, and I know maybe a lot of people don't have that. I, I tend to have a, a lighter card normally, just in general. But and, and Certain specific people really don't have those nights very often. <laughs> exactly. But, but, but for those watching, you know, take a night and sometimes don't bet a game. And just really watch a game and, and try to break it down and watch break down exactly what you're seeing. Look for how teams are entering the zone. Watch how many passes a team makes. You know, the things that we kind of get lost in the sauce with when we're betting on a game, we're watching our team, right? We're watching our player. We're hoping for goals when we have overs. We want to see more defense when we have unders. Sometimes having a clean slate, uh, especially if you've been on, a, on, a, on a, a bit of a slump and just identifying what you're seeing is, is a great way to kind of recharge and refocus yourself. Uh, you know, during a betting season, a long betting season. It's a great piece of advice. When you're slumping, you're not seeing the board well enough, in your opinion. You take a step back, just watch some games, take some notes, analyze things, and just say, hey, you know what? Maybe this is something we can use moving forward. Exactly. And maybe it's going to give you definitely a different perspective on things. You know, uh, yeah, the Edler hit on McDavid was certainly a talking point. And if I'm Hyman, I understand why I was uh, basically calling him out in the interview because uh, first of all, it was a very, very uh, you know troubling hit. There's no question about that. And Edler and Hyman had a history. In fact, I remember on this show, we talked about the Edler and Hyman play two years ago that happened. They kept Hyman out for a few weeks, knocked him out of the lineup for a few, that knee-to-knee collision, which looked like he stuck that knee out a little bit, Edler on him. That was a Vancouver-Toronto game uh, a couple of years ago when uh, Hyman was still with the Leafs. 
That's why Hyman was so pissed off. It's not just that he, he hit Connor McDavid. They don't touch number 97. It was also that there's a history with Alex Edler of kind of doing this and being involved in these very questionable hits and questionable collisions. Edler to Hyman two years ago, and that's why Zach was very upset in the post-game press conference. So I can't I can't fault him. I mean, he got no. he was out of the lineup for multiple weeks because of that knee-to-knee with Edler, and he stuck the knee out in that game. Canucks and Leafs two years ago, I remember it. So I don't blame him one bit for being a little upset. No, absolutely. And, and like you said, that's just, it's such a dirty play to, to do on, on anybody. And like I said, and especially if you're doing it on, on a team's top player, a league top player, and Connor McDavid, there's going to be uh, some recall that, but like you said, the, the, just the previous history alone, uh, you know, I have no, I have no qualms with, with uh, you know, Hyman, like I said, calling him out at all uh, about that. And that's something that, you know, just we, those are things we need to get out of the game. You know, and, and that's when we always kind of, you know, hark back to you know, the days of the enforcers and, and stuff. You, you need someone to answer the bell. If, if a guy's doing that, if this is a track, uh, a pattern, you can suspend him and fine him all you want. But it's got to be policed with and dealt with on the ice to make sure that he doesn't do that again. Yeah, exactly. And this is now this is now multiple, you know, examples of these dubious little it's just that's all it takes. You know, is to just find yourself in a position where in the middle of the ice you're, you're hitting someone in the head with their head down or sticking out the knee like Edler did, uh, has done in the past. So uh, it's just those little things that all of a sudden the reputation becomes sullied uh, in terms of, uh, you know, how you conduct yourself uh, out there on the ice. So uh, definitely that was, uh, and certainly if you're an Oiler fan, anytime that kind of thing happens to McDavid, you're just, your your heart's in your throat. Essential, essentially, and just hoping uh, everything is good. Hell, the, 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 the league offices didn't, you know, hold yeah. their breath for a second as well. Of course, yeah. <laughs> star of the league, yeah, best on national TV, right getting now. hurt. Yeah, that would yeah, that would be a really TV. bad look. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no question about that. Got to give a shout out to Keith Yandel. Great job, by the way, on the panel last night. Uh, I think he'll. I think the television gig will be just fine for him. He looked like he he was right at home. Uh, he was engaging, charismatic, all that stuff. Was cracking some jokes, fit right in nicely, filling in for tough shoes to fill when Biz Nasty's away too. Mm-hmm. And he filled them quite well uh, last night for the TNT panel. It doesn't seem to matter who they have. Like so There's uh, nights when Tockett's away. There's nights that Anson's away. There's nights that Biz Nasty's away. Gretzky, the whole bit. It just seems like they've got a great you know camaraderie every show. It's just fantastic yeah. viewing, in my opinion. I agree, and and yeah, like I say, everybody just kind of fits in nicely. They, they, it, there's a comfortable atmosphere. Like I said, it's not like the usual kind of you know sterile like NHL network uh, you know setup, or even even the ESPN setup at times can be can seem a bit rigid. But everything seems to be really relaxed and, and flowing nicely with TNT. And it flows down to Kenny Edzo and Jonesy in the booth. Mm-hmm. Those three guys, they're entertaining as fuck when you're listening yeah. to the games. Yeah, they I really mean, it's all, and it's funny because someone on Twitter said, "Well, hold on now, these are all, a lot of these guys were NBC and NHL and NBC guys." Liam McHugh, Kenny mm-hmm. Albert, Edzo, Keith Jones, especially those guys. How come they go from there where they were just, you know, basically kind of like they were going through the motions and just, you know, just doing their vanilla hockey analysis. And now all of a sudden they're cracking jokes, showing some uh, personality. And it's like, no, I think the directive from TNT is relax and have some fun. Shoot from the hip. Enjoy yourself. Let loose, you know, have some fun and entertain and, and like, and I think it's filtered down to Kenny Albert, Edzo, and Jonesy. I mean, they mm-hmm. sound like a completely different trio now compared to when they were at NBC. Just in terms of they're cracking jokes, they're having fun, they're shooting the shit, they're you know they're needling each other, you know <laughs> they're you know they're chirping each other every now and then. It's great shit. 
phenomenal. Yeah, and you make a great point, you know, and 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 people don't realize how much goes into television production. It's not just always just the, the faces and the voices we see and hear right away. It's everyone involved. And and like I said, the production is way different with, with Turner Sports. You can see that with the NBA broadcast too, not just inside the NBA, but like I said, just the, the game uh, broadcast. It's just a whole different feel than you get from ESPN or or any – obviously, of course – a, a league network like NHL network, they're going to keep everything as, as, you know, straightforward and rigid as possible. Not a whole lot of personal opinion. And that, that makes sense. It's the, it's the league's, you know, flagship network. They're, that's how it's supposed to be ran, but you want to see that flair and variety and flavor on a national broadcast, in my opinion, especially because we don't see that too often from hockey broadcasts. Uh, it, it, it's really refreshing. No doubt, no doubt. They've they've lapped ESPN in that regard in terms of uh, right the uh, studio uh, content. I also want to say, and look, this this is someone, and he's been a friend of mine for about twenty years in my area, and he's like a, a better that's you know, casual, better recreational, better. He actually taught me something the last week or two, talking about betting a player to score a hat trick goal, a third goal after they've scored two already, and we saw Trevor Moore get the hat trick last night. Uh, for the LA Kings. And look, uh, it, it's not a bad th- theory to look at this. You know, when you see a player score t- the second, his second goal of the game, bet that player to get a hat trick and you can get 12 to one, 14 to one uh, odds at a, and prices at a lot of the books uh, after they score the second goal, you still get a pretty good price because you know, the teammates are around him are going to feed him the puck. They're going to try to get him that hat trick goal. Uh, and I think it's a it's an interesting little angle to consider moving forward. Bet someone to score a hat trick if they've got two already. Yeah, that makes total sense. I didn't realize, like I said, well, one, I know a, live options for betting player props. I don't I know how wide span that is. I know Ian, you have a couple books where you can do that. I don't really have that those those options and liabilities. But if you do, I'm stunned to see a, a price that would be even higher than five to one for a guy with two goals to get a hat trick. Like I said that just seemed to be a, a natural thing to bet. So. Um, because I would always say if you were to bet someone to, to score two goals, you might as well put a quarter unit to bet for them to get three because of the fact that they're going to be looking for them with the empty net. So the same kind of kind of theory, but just uh, done in a different practice. That makes total sense. And, you know, you mentioned Trevor Moore getting the, the hat trick. Andreas and the CU got really close to getting the hat trick. There was a power play with about two and a half minutes left in that game. And those already decided, but they were feeding him the puck. Patrick can kept trying to find him open, looking yeah. for that third goal as well. So that's something definitely – to uh to look at and i know I, I actually heard from some people who they take flyers every day they'll put 10 bucks down on somebody you know randomly to pick to score a hat trick and they actually end up cashing when jack eichel hit the one in uh in buffalo so you know some people who who do that the same way that they'll kind of you know do a lottery parlay of you know games that are all going to go to a draw or uh, a bunch of money lines that's something to look at as well no question. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, definitely something to uh, factor in is the uh, the old hat trick, live in-game hat trick bet for someone that scored two goals. And yet, like I said, you know that the team is going to try to find him on the ice and try to get him that third goal, that hat trick goal uh, in that game. All right. Great stuff on last night's card. But now it's time to get into a loaded Thursday card. And we will start with Montreal and Columbus. Even money, minus 110, both sides, six and a half the total uh, in this game. The uh, Blue Jackets, I'll tell you what, they're probably thinking, man, can we just play the Philadelphia Flyers every game the rest of the season? Uh, We might actually be able to get our season back on track uh, if that's the case. But, uh, no, I mean, they haven't won a ton of games, but 
the games they've won, uh, two of them, two of their recent wins, both against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, 5-2 last week, and then, of course, 5-4 the other night in overtime. And if you missed it on yesterday's show, I played the clip of that, classic clip of that interview with Tortorella during the game, talking about we suck uh, with uh, Brian Boucher uh, early in that game. He was not happy. Neither was I as someone that used the Flyers as a very rare best bet, uh, something I'm probably not going to be doing very often this year. But I thought uh, Tuesday night it was worth a look, and they ended up losing in overtime against uh, Columbus in that game. But that's two out of their last three they've won. Granted, both wins, like I said, uh, against the uh, Flyers. See if they can keep it rolling here. Uh, I'm just going to stick to the total here. I like over six and a half. I think it's a good bet. Columbus still is going over the total. They pulled the Flyers into a track meet, and that's not easy to do. And you look at their numbers, what, seven and three to the over their last 10 games. Uh, Montreal comes in off a 5-1 loss to New Jersey. I don't think you can be too upset about that if you're the Canadians. Nobody's beaten New Jersey right now. Uh, Ten straight wins for the Devils. Habs have been absolutely uh, uh, solid, though. The effort's been good. They had won three in a row before that. We'll see if they can carry that over here to this game. Columbus has actually dominated this series. Five straight head-to-head victories uh, for Columbus against uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Maybe they're going to get on a little bit of a roll. We'll see uh, if they can use that Philadelphia victory the other night is a bit of a springboard to better things moving forward but that's for that reason I'm even though I lean Montreal I'm going to stay off a side here uh, in uh, this game as far as the goaltending matchup goes it'll be Jonas Corposalo in net for the uh, Jackets Samuel Montembeau confirmed in net for the uh, Canadians who's actually played okay when he's been in there but the injuries just keep on mounting too for Columbus and that's why it was shocking they still beat Philly that's why I really like Philly I mean Columbus was an injury riddled mess going into that game and they still are Elvis Merzlikens is injured again Tessier still out Jake Bean on the blue lines out Blankenberg on IR Boquist on IR Wierenski on IR Voracek on IR Patrick Lyonne on IR Justin Danforth on IR I mean, my gosh, I mean, it's a walking wounded infirmary right now uh, with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets at this point in time. So I think uh, I've strong, strongly leaned to Montreal here. I might sprinkle on that, but I like the total a lot more uh, over six and a half here uh, in this one. I think it's a good way to go. Alex, what do you think? Habs Jackets. Yeah, what a week for uh, John Tortorella, right? You lose two games to your old team and then you get kicked in the face by a horse. Uh, that's about as bad as it, about as bad as it gets, right? But uh, you know, like I said, you know, Columbus picking up those wins. Uh, now they're playing a different team. Uh, and like I said, that with their injuries, they're basically the Cleveland Monsters at this point. Uh, that's just a lot of guys to be missing right now. Corpus Allo is going to be the starter for at least the next couple of weeks. Uh, so it's just a, a bit of a, a shambles. Montreal, they aren't necessarily that great over team, but lately they said they've been kind of, you know, getting pulled into some track meets as well, some higher scoring affairs. This is one I think you'd be able to get a better price in game. I might, I would look for this to drop down. I did this once before Montreal when they played Pittsburgh uh, over the past weekend. I might look for this to drop to five and a half at plus money uh, and see if I can, you know, get that over there that way. But I do lean with the over. I think we're going to see a, a bit of a, of a higher paced and higher scoring affair tonight. And again, cluster injuries on the blue line for Columbus. Over That's an over situation for me when I see a game involving a team with multiple starting defensemen out. And you've got four guys that would normally be starting defensemen for the Columbus Blue Jackets that are out tonight. Bean, uh, uh, Blankenberg, Boquist, and Wierenski. So uh, tough sledding for them. Uh, and actually, Montembeau is 3-1 and one in his four starts this year. So... I think I'm talking myself into Montreal. I probably will end up betting Montreal for something here, minus 110. But I definitely like the uh, over six and a half even more uh, in uh, this game. As far as the props go, look, uh, 
Bemstrom, by the way, is also now questionable. He's day-to-day uh, game-time decision for him uh, after uh, being elevated to the top line. So the bottom line is keep an eye on this the, the lineups and, and the line combinations before puck drop. Whoever's in that top-line right-wing spot, the, the Patrick Lyonnais spot, you know, with Boone Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau, bet their prop because they'll be undervalued, whoever it is. Uh, that would be a recommendation I would have. It was Bemstrom last game, but if he doesn't play tonight, it'll be someone else. For Montreal, I say stick with the hot hands right now. Suzuki, Kirby Doc, uh, Mike Hoffman has stepped up lately. Uh, those are all good goal score prop recommendations, in my opinion there. Philadelphia, Boston. Boston minus 340, home favorite, six the total in this game. Uh, obviously a massive, massive price here with the uh, Boston Bruins. And doesn't it feel like Philadelphia is playing like Philadelphia now, finally? Uh, it took a while, but starting to slide. Uh, they have lost four in a row uh, and on a four-game losing streak coming into this game. Boston just continues to roll along. Uh, just a terrific start, 14-2. and two. They have yet to be defeated at TD Garden this year, 9-0 and uh, on home ice this year, the Bruins. So really tough to step in front of this team. But, you know, am I going to lay minus 340 in this spot? No, I am not. Uh, not interested in laying this kind of a number. Uh, probably in terms of the side or the total, not really a strong opinion. This is more of a prop game for me it'll be uh, if I get involved in it. Carter Hart, Linus Allmark. Uh, by the way, are going to be the goalies. Not the best game from Carter Hart, who's had a very good season overall so far. Not his best effort, in my opinion, against uh, Columbus the other night. But uh, he will be back in net tonight for the uh, Flyers in this game. As far as the uh, lineup combinations go, uh, you've got uh, Owen Tippett, kind of worth a look if you're looking for someone with Philadelphia to find the back of the net. He's been a little bit more noticeable. They're putting Lawton on the top line, elevating him up. He's had a lot of chances lately. That's not a bad way to consider a prop for the Flyers either. As far as the Boston side goes, you know, it's really been just terrific from Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak, that perfection line, Jim Montgomery finally reuniting it. Uh, they will be uh, playing uh, together on the top line, DeBrus, Krejci, and Hall, the second line uh, for the uh, Bruins tonight. So you know, I think when you look at that group, Taylor Hall is someone that has been uh, up and down this year, uh, kind of in a cold spell right now. Uh, but right now it's been that those three in particular that have been just magnificent poster knock. And again, we've got a situation here where I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Philly pa- penalty kill has got, hit the shits uh, the last three games they have. They've given up five power play goals the last three games. And this Boston Bruins power play, you know, has scored uh, five goals in the last four games. So, Good power play versus bad penalty kill. What's that mean? If you're a prop better, you look at power play points for some of these Bruins players tonight. I think that's a, probably a good consideration here tonight. Uh, what do you think here, Alex, Philly Boston? You know, with the six, I kind of like this over a little bit. I think, you know, there's no value in anything Boston, including the, the team total. You're looking, uh, you know, minus $1.70, minus $1.80 to go over three and a half. Uh, and I think the Flyers can find a way to at least get a couple in the in the back of the net. I think this should be a kind of a of a, a decent pace. And even though there's two two teams that tend to kind of play more to the under against other teams, when they play each other, it seems to be uh, a, a little bit higher scoring, a little bit ch- just kind of like I said, chippy game. And if it does get chippy uh, with that Flyers penalty kill, that's uh, you know this could get, could get could get out of hand with Boston when they we know how good they can be when they click on the power play. So I like the over six. I think it's a good price. Uh, you only laying around a dollar fifteen to a dollar twenty. Yeah, just to be specific, the seventh-ranked power play in the NHL, Boston, 22nd penalty kill, uh, Philadelphia. So definitely there you see a special teams advantage possibly here for the uh, Boston Bruins. Not to mention their penalty kill, Boston, number one in the league, and Philly's power play is only 26th. So definitely special teams war on paper 
big advantage, Boston Bruins, no question uh, about that. All right, Calgary, Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay minus 125, home favorite, six and a half the total. We're going to ride the Flames again. I mean, they're starting to get out of their little funk, uh, and uh, they've done it uh, in a nice uh, fashion, if you will, back-to-back wins against Winnipeg and L.A. Uh, in their last two games. Now they hit the road once again. Uh, a road trip that, remember, you're going to look and see that they're 1-3 and three on the road, and that last road trip they got goose-egged. But, boy, they played well enough to win so many of those games. I mean, the Devils game, they should have won, could have won. Islanders game, same thing. They actually had a lead, couldn't protect it. Uh, the Boston game, I thought they played well enough. They just couldn't score. They lost a tight one, three to one. They had a, a bunch of games on that recent road trip. They could have won Calgary. And now they're finally starting to get the offense going again, get that confidence back. And I think now starting this little road trip, and this is always that tough uh, back uh, two-step when you got to play Tampa and Florida, the two-game Florida trip back-to-back. Uh, it's not never easy, but I think Calgary comes in here with some great confidence. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, with a 5-4 win against Dallas uh, in overtime in their last game. Uh, they've now won two uh, straight games, but again, they face a, a Dallas team that, to be honest, Jake Ottinger hasn't really found his form since returning from injury. I'm not worried. I'm not panicked. He'll be fine uh, long-term, but sometimes when you come back from injury, you're just not great uh, when you first return, and I think that's the case with Ottinger. And then they feasted on a just a absolutely completely dismembered and shorthanded Washington team. So I don't want to make too much uh, of that victory for Tampa Bay. I think there's a spot for Calgary here to step up. They can uh, capable of getting a, a victory here in uh, Tampa Bay tonight. I like them at a small uh, road underdog price. Uh, as far as the uh, props go for uh, this game, I'm going right back to the well. We cashed a big one with Adam Ruzicka uh, for the Calgary Flames in their last game against the uh, LA Kings, playing on the top line now for the uh, Flames alongside uh, Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli. I mean, you got to take advantage of this price. I mean, if they're going to put it at the uh, number that it's going to be at once again, uh, like it was last game, plus 500, you were able to get with uh, Adam Ruzicka to score a goal for the uh, Flames uh, against the LA Kings. And here in tonight's game, we're looking at still, you know, plus 400, a little adjustment, but not enough in my opinion uh, for a guy now playing on the uh, top line for the Flames. So he has now scored, by the way, in back-to-back games as well for them. So that is a clear choice for me in terms of player props. For Tampa Bay, it's Brandon Hagel. It's Nick Paul, you know, has been pretty uh, noticeable lately. I mean, those are two guys that I think undervalued for their props uh, going into the game tonight. Alex, what do you think here, Calgary-Tampa? You know, it's interesting. I'm looking at the the numbers, of course, that Chris Otto provides for us for the first period, which he does a great job with. And it's interesting. You look at the top five, the two teams that are in there for the first period overs, Calgary, 11 and four, Tampa, 11 and five uh, teams that are you know kind of known for playing a little bit slower of a style over the last couple of years, as far as at least the beginning of, of a game going. But they have, you know, uh, decent offenses. And we're seeing this trend where they, you know, they're two teams that have been trying to get uh, things going early. More for Calgary, we've seen them kind of, you know, not being fully there early, but. Uh, either way you look at it, you're getting actually a decent number now. If you shop around minus a dollar thirty-five, minus a dollar forty, this is what I'd actually wait for. Uh, and I don't do this often with first period overs. I tend to try to wait for plus money uh, for full game totals. I'm gonna actually try to wait for this to hit around even money or plus a dollar five with the over one and a half in game uh, tonight with Calgary Tampa Bay. I think we might see a, a, a decent enough pace where we can get uh, over two goals, but you should be able to get it at, at a much better price than laying what I'm seeing now as high as a dollar fifty in some spots. So that's what I recommend for this one. I think this could be a good back and forth battle. Uh, but like I said, somebody was saying in the chat, Calgary fold like a tent in the third period. Yeah, we've seen them uh, ha- have those struggles late. So maybe if this is a close game, 
or, or Calgary has a 2-1 lead midway through, maybe look to try to uh, look for that Tampa side uh, live at a plus price as well. So this is a good live game for me. Definitely a good live game. And I lean over a uh, full game as well. The first period over uh, might be worth a look as well. And just because, look, again, we talk about a cluster injury on the defensive side situation on the blue line for Tampa. Eric Chernak and Cal Foote, they both missed the last two games for Tampa Bay on the blue line. What happened in those two games? Both went over the total. That's what happened. Washington and, of course, Dallas in the last game. So, And Chernak is one of the best in terms of defense, defending in his own end, blocking shots. I mean, you lose all of that when Eric Chernak is out uh, for Tampa Bay. And as a result, look, they're playing a little bit looser defensively without those two guys. So uh, that's why I'm leaning over the total in this game. But I'd like the Calgary side here at, at plus 105 uh, in this one. Like I say, Tampa Bay, when you look at them, you watch them, the eye test, not impressive even in their victories. Like they beat a Buffalo team that's struggling now. Washington's depleted. Dallas. You know, it was a back-and-forth game. They could have won, lost that game as well. They barely beat Ottawa at home. They snuck past Tampa. They snuck for San Jose. They snuck past Anaheim. I mean, there's a lot of just, we're just doing enough to get by in Tampa Bay's results uh, this season. So I think that they'll be, they'll be challenged tonight by this Calgary team, in my opinion. New Jersey and Toronto next up. Speaking of challenge, the Leafs will be challenged by the hottest team in the NHL, El Diablo. 10 in a row for the Devils. Toronto minus 145 home favorites. Six and a half the total in this one. Look, uh, uh, they're not going to go uh, and win every game the rest of the regular season, obviously, New Jersey. But you're going to give me uh, this kind of price with them. Having won 10 games in a row, uh, I'm going to bite the hand that feeds me, uh, essentially, because I took Toronto against Pittsburgh the other night. I thought the revenge situation after losing Friday night, Murray playing his old team, returning to the ice for the first time. You're going to get a great effort from the Leafs. They did bring it 5-2. Uh, they beat Pittsburgh, but and Murray's going to be back in net tonight, but you know this New Jersey team is just not someone uh, I'm willing to step in front of, and you're going to give me here a plus 125 here uh, in this game. I think it's definitely the side to look at here. I mean, they're just playing outstanding hockey. All four lines are contributing. It's not just Hughes has been on fire lately. Uh, and there was think about that they were winning games with him not really percolating the way he is right now. But Heeshear with Zetterlin and Tatar has been just a dynamic line. Like I said, four points and three goals for Hughes in the last two games. Alex has mentioned those over one and a half point props. That might be something to consider with Jack tonight uh, for the uh, New Jersey Devils. Jack Hughes with the way he's been uh, uh, going uh, in terms of current form lately. Sharon Govich. Jesper Boquist, Jesper Bratt, the third line, those guys can score uh, at, at times. And you got a guy, Miles Wood, on the fourth line. I've said this repeatedly, six goals, and he plays on the fourth line. And that guy's got six goals on the season uh, for New Jersey. It tells you how dangerous they are uh, right now, the Devils. Dougie Hamilton, too. Uh, shots on goal props, point props. He's lighting it up from the blue line right now. Uh, six points in the last four games. You could even sprinkle his goal score prop. He's shooting like a madman right now, and he scored three goals in the last four games for the New Jersey Devils from the blue line. So Dougie Hamilton prop is not something I would shy away from uh, in this game tonight as well. So I like the Devils. I can't help but lean over the total as well with the firepower both sides possess uh, going into this game. Uh, you look at series history, especially this New Jersey-Toronto Head-to-head matchup has been a, a high-scoring palooza, an over-fiesta, if you will. Uh, the over is cashed in six of the last eight meetings, six and two to the over, four and one in the last five meetings. You've seen some 5-4 games, some 7-2 to two games, 7-4, 6-4. Four, four. 
You've really had some high-scoring affairs with these uh, two teams. New Jersey is playing better defensively this year than in any of those past years. That is something to keep in mind when looking at that series history. But I still think when push comes to shove, goals are on the menu tonight with the Devils and the Leafs. Vanacek back in net as well for uh, New Jersey. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Devils, Leafs? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes almost too much sense to take yes, the Devils. Yes, that's the issue. That's the concern. <laughs> plus one, right? one twenty-five, and, and, and the only reason this is lined this way it has to be because of the series history. Uh, you know, Devils have lost the last eight straight against Toronto. They have gone uh, two and 12 the last 14 in Toronto. And, you know, we talk about that. When you see those kind of trends, you, you have to kind of start thinking, okay, what is it about them playing in Toronto? What is it about a team playing in a certain city where they don't, uh, you know, have a good track record? Now, granted, we're talking about much better Toronto teams over the years and some really bad New Jersey teams over, over that span as well. So, uh, you know, so you can't just read straight into that. But it just, this just feels really fishy of a line, plus 125, a team that's won 10 in a row uh, against a team in Toronto where we see them choke often as favorites. Uh, if I had to play it, I would go Devils, but I'm going to just pass this one. By the way, Michael Bunting might be someone to consider for the Leafs and props tonight as well because, look, he got moved up to the top line with Austin Matthews and William Nylander. Instant chemistry, and it got him going. Because, look, he hasn't had a great opportunity. In terms of goal production, it hasn't really been there for Bunting so far this year. He had two goals going into the Pittsburgh game, goes up to the top line with Matthews and Nylander, and all of a sudden he scores two goals, one assist, three points in that game. So you talk about undervalued prop. Uh, player right now could be him especially now that he's getting those top line minutes uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and it's definitely a move that uh, paid off for uh, Sheldon Keith uh, the other night for a uh, bunting again you don't get that bargain bin price that I don't usually like but hey you can still get plus 280 uh, in some spots with bunting tonight and he's playing on the top line so uh, no question about that uh, someone in the chat do you bet shot props occasionally not a t not a lot uh, because I just prefer to go for those goal props and the and the and the plus price, this is the plus money. I mean, I ride. I, I was on Marty Natchez a few times over shots on goal prop, but uh, yeah, I know there's people that do very well with it. And I, if I really poured in my time and energy and resources to it, I'm sure I could too. But I just prefer the goal score props and dabbling in that market, uh, even though of course the results with those can be highly volatile uh, from time to time. All right, Dallas and Florida. Uh, next up here, we've got Florida minus 180 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Um, you know, when you look at this matchup here, I can't help but think Florida's a little overpriced in this game, minus 180. And I granted uh, the Florida Panthers, uh, this are still a pretty good hockey team. Obviously, the changes that they made in the offseason, uh, Huberto out, Wegar out, Kachuk in. Uh, and, you know, changing their philosophy, their style of play just a little bit more so a four check cycle a type of team uh, under the new head coach here, Paul Maurice. So that's important to keep that in mind. Uh, but uh, Florida, four wins in their last five games. They are playing better hockey. They finished that road trip strong against San Jose and Anaheim. Uh, they won 4-3 and 5-3 in back to back games there against the Sharks and the Ducks. They return home. Uh, they shut out Carolina 3-0. They have the loss to Edmonton 4-2, which was really the Stuart Skinner uh, show for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, that was uh, the reason for Florida losing. And then they bounced back, but they beat a depleted, and I mean depleted, Washington team. We've talked about the Capitals now multiple times on this show, uh, how they've just been beaten up to shit with uh, all kinds of uh, the personnel loss. Uh, and Florida certainly took advantage of that. Dallas is cooling off a little bit, you could say. They've lost three of their last four. 
they, at the end of a long road trip, they lost to Winnipeg, and Winnipeg's playing some pretty good hockey. I'm not going to hold that against them. Uh, they return home against San Jose. San Jose is suddenly playing a little bit better, and even though they lost that game 5-4, first game back for Ottinger, I don't hold that against them. Uh, they come back, they beat Dal- uh, Philadelphia strongly on Sunday afternoon, 5-1, and then it was a back-and-forth game against the Lightning. Could have easily went their way. They end up losing. Uh, that game, 5-4 uh, in overtime. Uh, Scott Wedgwood is going to be in between the pipes tonight for the uh, Dallas Stars. It'll be Sergei Bobrovsky once again for uh, Florida. Uh, interesting that they're going back to Bobrovsky again, a second straight game. I know he played, he actually played pretty well. I mean, he did face 43 shots, only gave up two goals uh, in that game against the uh, Capitals. But still, we're going to need to see more evidence of consistency from him. I still think long-term Spencer Knight is I think going to be your guy should be your guy uh, in that, you know, let this kid become the number one guy that we know eventually he's going to be at some point uh, for this team. And yes, it's Wedgwood. And normally you would think Wedgwood is a huge drop off or at least somewhat of a drop off from Jake Ottinger. But, you know, Jake Ottinger has not gotten into the flow, has not gotten into the rhythm necessarily uh, since he's been back from the injury. And Wedgwood's, you know, capable. I don't want to say he's great, but he's capable. Uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. Let's not forget, he only gave up two goals to the LA Kings, gave up two goals to the Coyotes, gave up only two goals to the Oilers. Uh, He had that one game against Winnipeg where he struggled a bit in the 5-1 lot. The whole team was kind of lethargic that night. I watched that game. I was on Winnipeg uh, that night. Our guest, by the way, Josh Eunice, that was the day we had him on the show last week. He liked Winnipeg in that spot against Dallas. You know, I think it's a situation where, you know, the whole team was not great. You can't just pin it all on Scott Wedgwood's play. Uh, in my opinion. So I just like this price with Dallas. I think they're undervalued a little bit here. And I think Florida is overvalued a little bit here. So I like Dallas plus 160. I'm going to take a shot with them at the uh, underdog price in this game. As far as the props go, uh, you know, Mason Marchment against his old team is a must tonight. Absolute must. We've talked about how, first of all, you know, Mason Marchment, you're always going to be able to get uh, better prices with him and his goal props uh, compared to certain other players. Uh, on the stars, and you can still get him as high as plus 300 at Caesars uh, to score a goal tonight. Second line uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, he found the back of the net in the game against Tampa Bay the other night. He plays with Tyler Sagan and also the young kid who I would take a shot with again tonight to score a goal, Matei uh, Blumel, uh, who didn't score against Tampa, but he did before that, and he's had chances pretty much in every game uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. So, but Mason Marchment is the number one prop tonight. I think I think it's one. I think it might be the best prop on the board tonight in this game, of all games and all players tonight. Uh, uh, Mason Marchment for the uh, Dallas Stars, considering you know how, how good he is and how good he's become offensively. Scored in the last game uh, against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. It was a bit of a drought for him, believe it or not. Six straight games without a goal before scoring against Tampa Bay. Uh, now he faces his old team, the Florida Panthers. Um, so in this case here, I think that's one of your better props tonight. Mason Marchment at plus 300. And let's hope we can invest and cash with a little bit of Marchment paper uh, here tonight uh, in this game with the uh, Dallas Stars. And I like, again, plus 160 on them as well in this one. Florida, uh, in terms of um, the uh, props here tonight, uh, let me just see. Nick Cousins is someone that stands out to me because he's playing on the fourth line essentially right now. But he's come back from uh, a, a nap, uh, well, at least a three-game, I guess, healthy scratch he was. I don't think it was injury. I think it was a three-game scratch that he, uh, three games he was scratched in a row, late October uh, and early November. And he has scored two goals now in the last three games. Again, he's only getting nine to 
nine to 10, sometimes upwards of 13 minutes a game. He's not playing a ton, but he's making the most of those opportunities. So uh, Nick Cousins could be a worth a look here uh, in terms of a under the uh, radar, undervalued uh, bargain bin player prop here for the Panthers uh, tonight. Uh, Alex B. Smith is in the chat. Apparently he's feeling a little woozy. Uh, so uh, if, he, if he hopefully he can join us back uh, later in the show. If not, he's in the chat uh, to help us for the uh, rest of the show. Uh, he's a fighter for uh, even uh, joining us today. Still, again, on the mend. All right, next up, we've got Colorado and Carolina. Uh, Carolina minus 135 home favorites. Uh, six the uh, total uh, in this game. Uh, this is a tricky game for me because... Uh, I made mention to this uh, earlier this season about Colorado. I really want to make a point of it to see what their record is when they're a dog because we're not going to see them as an underdog very often. And a part of me is going to think throughout the course of the year that when they're an underdog, they might be an underdog for a reason, and it may not be the right time to back them. Well, they were an underdog against Calgary. Uh, second game of the year, they lost that game, 5-3. And they were only an underdog one other time. Uh, at Vegas, and they actually did win that game three to two. Now it's one and one. They they are as a dog this year. So I'm not saying you bl- you, you don't blindly make a decision based on oh they're a dog versus they're a favorite. But I am interested to track that throughout the course of the year. Those rare instances when the Colorado Avalanche are an underdog, what is their record going to be uh, going into the year? It is a revenge spot, short turnaround revenge. We talk about how for the most part these spots have been working out well. I can give you a ton of examples. The Rangers against Detroit, Minnesota against Seattle, Toronto against Pittsburgh. Just the other night, Pittsburgh won last week. Toronto returned the favor. Uh, you've got that situation here. Uh, Colorado won 4-1 to on Saturday uh, against uh, Carolina. Carolina now looking to return the favor at home tonight uh, against the uh, Avs. Carolina uh, off a 3-0 shutout win uh, against Chicago. Colorado off a 3-2 loss to the uh, St. Louis Blues. Uh, the other night at home where uh, Colorado did everything but tie the game uh, late with just a barrage of chances, and they just could not put the puck in the net as they tried frantically uh, to tie that game in the uh, latter stages. So I'm off this game uh, entirely. Uh, Francois, by the way, is going to be getting the uh, start in net. Uh, I think Alexander Georgiev has pretty much been the starting goal, number one goalie so far this year for the Avs and Francois has been relegated to backup role. Uh, but his numbers aren't that bad. He, he's got a bit of bad luck, bad fortune to go with uh, his record. He's 1-3 in his starts this year, but 2.55 goals against average, 9-12 save percentage. The numbers really aren't that bad for uh, Francois. So he probably just uh, needs a little bit more uh, in terms of offensive support. Uh, as far as the uh, Carolina Hurricanes go, uh, obviously, they have had uh, Freddie Anderson on IR, which means the uh, goaltending has been going back and forth and not close to returning either is Freddie Anderson. He's already missed four games with his lower body injury, and there is no telltale sign when he's going to be back. That's the same old shit. It really is. It's uh, I hate to be, you know, it's, it, it sucks when someone's always uh, injured uh, and it sucks to, you know, come to bring the hammer down when they're injured. It's 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 tough, tough to watch, tough for the teams to see that this guy keeps getting hurt. But. I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. When Carolina picked him up from Toronto, there's a reason why Toronto moved on from Freddie Anderson and brought Campbell in as the number one. It's because he did, did not trust his ability to stay healthy and play an 82-game season. And we're seeing that once again right now for uh, Carolina at this point in time. So 
Uh, unfortunate for uh, Freddie, it's got to be frustrating for him and frustrating for the Hurricanes. So it's going to be an anti-Ranta Pyotr Kochetkov split still uh, with the goaltending uh, from a game-to-game basis. Uh, we'll see who's in net tonight. Anti-Ranta, uh, we'll see if he gets the start because he did not start Chicago game. That was Kochetkov who pitched the shutout, pit, played very well. Ranta played at Colorado Saturday. They lost that game 4-1. Makes me think maybe Kochetkov might get a look here, might get a second straight start. Shake it up a little bit uh, for this game against Colorado. We'll have to wait and see on that. Hasn't been confirmed yet, but I'm passing this game. I would look only at some props if I were to get involved uh, betting this game at all. Uh, And probably look at, uh, for Colorado, Alex Newhook uh, moved up to the second line. Uh, There's some value there. Logan O'Connor's actually been an uh, under-the-radar offensive uh, producer for the uh, Colorado Avalanche for Carolina. I've mentioned Marty Natchez all season. Steph Nason. I would come back to Stefan Nason. Uh, still on the top line with Ajo and Jarvis, it looks like tonight. I think he's going to maybe b- find the back of the net at some point. Like he's had six, he's had four, he's had two shots on goal, three of the last five games. He's playing 15 minutes a night now that he's playing on the top line. So Stefan Nason, I think, might eventually uh, break through offensively. I think he's one of your value options for Carolina uh, in terms of a goal prop tonight uh, in this game. All right, let's move on now. Uh, Anaheim, Winnipeg. Uh, We've got the uh, Jets, a minus 210 home favorites here, six being the total uh, in this game. Uh, Of course, this is an Anaheim team that we've uh, we've been picking on them a lot lately, but they did finally get a victory uh, in overtime the other night against – the Detroit Red Wings. It was really a nice Christmas gift, Christmas present come early for the Anaheim Ducks with that wonderful gift sent to them by Tyler Bertuzzi. A nice little gift of a pass right up the middle of the ice in front of your own net, uh, which ended up leading to the uh, overtime uh, game-winning goal for the uh, Anaheim Ducks the other night uh, against Detroit. So uh, they definitely took advantage of that uh, and got the uh, victory there in that game. But overall, you're still talking about a, a Ducks team that has had a real struggle. Do you know that the Anaheim Ducks have not won a game in regulation this year? Hard to believe. Really is. Uh, absolutely hard to believe, but true, uh, that the Anaheim Ducks have not won a single game this year. It's November 17th. We're over a month into the season now. We have not seen the Anaheim Ducks win a game in regulation time this season. That's That's stunning. The, uh, all victories for Anaheim this year, all five wins, they're five and 11. All five wins have been in either overtime or a shootout. You know, that's where we're at right now with uh, Anaheim. I mean, they're, they're, even the wins they do get, it's by the skin of their teeth and they need uh, more than uh, three periods to decide it uh, right now. Winnipeg coming off a three, two uh, overtime win against Seattle. They bounced back nicely after a three, two loss to Calgary. I'm telling you what the Rick bonus effect is having a positive effect right now for the Winnipeg Jets. Six and two they are uh, in their last eight games. It's been impressive uh, that they have really, everything that I'm reading and hearing and the Jet reporters are saying is that this is a harmonious dressing room again. You know, they've really gotten that part of their team fixed in terms of the camaraderie, in terms of the locker room feel. Uh, and they're, they're playing as good a defensive brand of hockey as they have in years, which has always been the, bit of an issue for the uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, the last couple of years. So there's a lot of positives to go around right now with the way things are going. They do have a couple injuries. Mason Appleton's on IR. Uh, he's a good, hardworking player. Nick Ehlers has been out for a while. Logan Stanley on IR. But they've found ways to overcome it, this uh, Winnipeg Jets team. And it's going to be a special night, too, 
uh, in Winnipeg. They're uh, honoring uh, Teppo. Hello, Newmanen. Uh, Teppo Newmanen. Uh, he will be honored uh, in terms of uh, the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame. Uh, they're inducting him along with Tamu Solani uh, tonight uh, in terms of the uh, Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame. So they're going to have a nice ceremony for the two of them uh, prior to the game tonight. So uh, I don't really make a betting decision based on a ceremony going on or not, but should be a special environment at least uh, here uh, in Winnipeg tonight. And I'll tell you what, uh, I remember both, obviously it goes without saying, Tamu Solani, uh, just an absolutely outstanding career, a gifted goal scorer. Uh, all those years, won a cup, of course, in Anaheim, which is why they're probably doing it with the Ducks in town uh, because of Tamu Solani's connection to both of these franchises uh, during his playing career. And Teppo, uh, Teppo Newman, and, uh, great memories of him for me as a Sabre fan with that Buffalo team, with those Buffalo teams in the mid-2000s, those teams that got to the conference finals. Newman was on those teams uh, with Briere and Drury and Pominville and Brian Campbell. Uh, and um, Stafford, Thomas Vanek, I mean, go on down the list. Uh, those those really good um, Buffalo teams and Newman. Newman was just a good, steady defenseman. That's what he was. He was not flashy. Uh, he didn't exactly, you know, hit the highlight reel every night. But he was just a good, sound, steady player in his own end. Uh, made the first pass, did the right things, positionally sound. Uh, that kind of defenseman for you. Uh, and a uh, great career he had and a long one as well uh, in the NHL, which started uh, with, of course, the Winnipeg Jets. So great to see them honored Solani and uh, Newman in tonight uh, by the Jets. Um, I'm going to probably look at a team total for the Jets tonight, three and a half. I think that might be the way I go here in this game as far as the uh, uh, from a betting standpoint. Uh, Anaheim is still, for the most part, you know, giving up uh, a lot of goals and bunches to their opponent. Now, they only gave up three to Chicago. They only gave up two to Detroit. So is that a sign they're turning things around defensively? I'm not ready to go that far just yet. What I do know about Winnipeg is you get them on home ice. Lately, they have had no problem finding the back of the net. They have scored uh, four goals or more uh, in three of their last four home games. They put a four spot on the board against St. Louis at home. Uh, shut out Chicago, put up four in that game. They put up five against Dallas uh, in a home game. So uh, that's probably what I would look at here is the team total over three and a half minus 125 or so uh, with the uh, Winnipeg Jets in this game. And stay away from the uh, full game over just because you're not sure how, if you're going to get enough offense from the uh, Anaheim Ducks, that side of the equation. That being said, you did see two of the three meetings last year go over the total with these two teams. Uh, may, I would lean that way, the full game over. You could always do a full game over split Jets team total over split. I might even do that, but I definitely prefer the team total here over three and a half with the uh, Jets tonight uh, in this game. As far as the props go, uh, there's really only a couple I like for Anaheim. Comtois uh, continues to be a little bit undervalued uh, for them, although it looks like he may be out tonight. It looks out, out due to injury or out due to a healthy scratch. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but uh, I don't see him listed on the fourth line forward group tonight. Pavel Regenda, by the way, is moving up to the second line. So that could provide some value for Anaheim. And then for Winnipeg, um, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois just got it rolling right now. Sam Gagne is going to be on the top line for what it's worth. So, again, you talk about someone that may not be priced like someone playing on the top line. Gagne is going to take Appleton's spot on the top line with Shifley and Connor playing with some damn good players. So maybe you look toward a Sam Gagne flyer here tonight in terms of finding the back of the net, playing on that top line with Shifley and Connor, two of the best players on the team. Uh, of course, you've got to throw PLD in the mix, but 
certainly that's a great top line that you get to play with two players of that caliber. Uh, if you're Sam Gagne moving up to the top line and he, you can get him at around plus 380 uh, to score a goal tonight. So not a bad option here uh, for value purposes on uh, Sam Gagne to find the back of the net. All right, Washington and St. Louis. We've got uh, the Blues minus 115 to minus 120. Uh, home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Um, I'm probably staying off this game. I mean, for St. Louis, I'm certainly not stepping in front of St. Louis. Not, And I'm not doing it with this Washington team that is just riddled right now. Uh, and uh, obviously, it's showing up in the results. Two and seven uh, in their last nine games. It's been a rough go for the Capitals. It's just, we would need to see Washington at full strength before we throw this team in the garbage chute. You know what I mean? I mean, you just can't say right now that, oh, Washington's just garbage here. They're just going to have a pathetic season. They're 7-11. and 11. Things are going wrong. Well, Things will go wrong when you have Tom Wilson, TJ Oshie, Dmitry Orlov, Carl Hagelin, Connor Brown, Nick Backstrom, Nicholas Obey-Kubel, all injured, all out for this team at the same time. Uh, obviously, you're going to have some struggles. Uh, no question about that with all of those guys out. And they miss Orlov, too, uh, on the uh, back end. Uh, there's no denying that whatsoever. Uh, Dmitry Orlov's one of their best stay-at-home shutdown defensemen, and, and he remains out and on IR for the Capitals. Looks like Charlie Lindgren is going to get the start tonight for uh, Washington. Uh, he hasn't started since the Edmonton game uh, a few games back where he gave up four goals, but Capitals bailed him out with five uh, scored in that game to get the 5-4 win uh, over Edmonton. So he was in that game. He's actually given up three goals or more in all four starts this year, and his, his numbers actually aren't that bad. Like the goals against is 2.98. It's respectable. Same percentage, same thing, 915. And he is 2-1, and one, but uh, he has still given up at least three uh, in every start that he has had uh, so far uh, this year. Uh, now, look, and he's also a guy that played uh, a little bit for the St. Louis Blues last year. He wasn't there very long, uh, but he did play with uh, St. Louis briefly uh, last year. But the Blues are turning it on. Like I said, they've won four in a row. Uh, the, the, a lot of the issues they had during that losing streak was lack of offense. Well, They've now scored three-plus during this four-game win streak, three-plus goals in every game. So, you know, I definitely think you could look at a team total right now with St. Louis uh, over three-and-a-half. I could look that way. I could lean slightly to the full game over here, but back-to-back uh, -back situation for the Blues. Washington has gone over in two straight. Like I said, they've given up five to Florida, six to Tampa. Back-to-back -back games, team that is definitely feeling the uh, absence, uh, like I said, of the guy that's their best shutdown D-man. And that is uh, Dmitry Orlov, no question about that. He's missed the last three games now uh, for the uh, uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, and uh, it's definitely taken its toll. There's no question uh, about that. So, yeah, overall, I'm just going to end up uh, looking toward uh, either a St. Louis team total or a, or a full game over, maybe a split between the two. Uh, I still want to see if Grice gets confirmed. You would think so, right? With uh, Bennington uh, obviously getting the uh, nod last night against Chicago. You know, you got to give him a rest at some point. Now, he has been in the net for all four games during this win streak, Bennington. He's played very well. It's worth noting he's played very well during this stretch. And I'm willing to give him his props. I hate the the antics. I don't like when he's, you know, going across the ice and he's pushing and shoving guys and he's acting like a dick. You know, I don't like that. Uh, a lot of people don't like that. But we're here to compliment and comment on his play in between the pipes as a goaltender which is what he's paid to do, not uh, cause a ruckus. He's paid to stop pucks. And in the last four games during the win streak, he has been stopping the pucks. He's been playing well. 
uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues and Nets. So we'll give them credit for that. But if they turn to Thomas Grice tonight, you know, that goes out the window. Thomas Grice has obviously struggled. Uh, I don't believe the Blues have won a game with him starting 0-3, 3.79 goals against and an 899 save percentage. So if it is Grice, I'm uh, at, at that point, I'm a little bit more interested in a over for the full game because even then I'd probably pivot away from the blues team total look over full game because that could open the door for Washington offensively to uh, find the uh, back of the net. So definitely this is going to be a bet a game uh, and a betting situation with the capitals and the blues for me that hinges upon uh, the starting lineups and also who's in net for uh, St. Louis tonight. You got to assume it's Grice, but never say never considering that, you know, he struggled Bennington's been winning all games on this win streak. They might actually ride Bennington a second night in a row, even though it's back-to-back. So we'll wait on that. All right, next up, we've got Pittsburgh and Minnesota. Uh, Even money here, minus 110 both sides, six and a half the total in this game. I mean, I would take Pittsburgh if I had to, but I'm not really in a rush to trust either of these teams right now, honestly. Um, That was supposed to be a better effort than I got from Minnesota the other night. 2-1, kind of lethargic. Uh, after blowing a lead against San Jose on home ice. So I didn't like seeing that necessarily. Uh, Just two and four in the last six games for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, At the same time, Pittsburgh, they had that brutal losing streak, rough go of it. They were blowing leads multiple times during that skid. The offense kind of cooled off. You know, they went through a stretch where Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary on that road trip, they only scored one goal in each game. And then they started to score and then they started to blow the third period leads and they just couldn't get all facets of their game working at the same time. That's been their issue uh, this season. They finally snapped that losing streak last week with back-to-back wins against Washington and Toronto, both on the road. Uh, And then they lost in overtime on Saturday to Montreal and then the redemption game for the Leafs. Uh, Pittsburgh lost that one as well, 5-2. So now they're back uh, in the uh, losing streak here uh, with two in a row uh, following uh, snapping the uh, initial losing streak, winning two in a row. Now they've lost another two in a row. So it's just two teams that are just not in great form right now. Uh, Pittsburgh has played well, though, against Minnesota. Worth noting, 6-1 uh, and one, uh, in the last seven meetings for the Penguins uh, over the uh, Minnesota Wild. I definitely would, I would take Pittsburgh before I take Minnesota here personally in this game, but I, I'm not in a rush to trust either team uh, side or total. Minnesota's become a dead nuts under team just out of nowhere, essentially seven straight unders for the uh, Minnesota wild uh, entering this game. I mean, they have become a team that's gotten solid enough goaltending defended pretty well. Um, but all of a sudden their offense is firing blanks. They're, they're struggling to score goals five on five, the power play other than two goals. They scored against a bad Anaheim penalty kill. Uh, the power play has been held in check. Uh, as well uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild in recent games. So they have definitely not uh, been able to get things going offensively. Uh, so this might actually stay under. We'll see. Although, again, as much as I want to think this game could stay under, you've got two goalies that I don't love. Uh, Gustafson uh, in net for the uh, Wild, 1-3, and 2.82 goals against, 9-14 uh, save percentage. Uh, didn't play that bad against San Jose, to be honest with you, though, uh, even though uh, Minnesota couldn't hang on in that game. And then Jari. Uh, getting the uh, start here for Pittsburgh. And, you know, his play has kind of tailed off. I mean, you look at his last uh, five starts, or six starts, rather, three-plus allowed in every start, each of the last six. Three to Columbus, six to Edmonton, four to Vancouver, six to Boston, three to Seattle, five to Montreal. And I didn't love that overtime goal Saturday night. I thought that was a goal Tristan Jari could have stopped in that game the other night. So, 
tough game all around. I think you could, this is just one of those games where it's, it's, it's like a, you can make a case for four different uh, ways to go about it. You can make a case for Minnesota. You could make a case for Pittsburgh. You could make a case for the over. You could make a case for the under. You really could with this game. So I think it's a tough one to uh, really pin down. uh, And that's why I'm probably going to stay off it. As far as props go, I, I think Jason Zucker for Pittsburgh, first of all, it's his former team. Second of all, he's actually been one of the bright lights lately offensively for the uh, Penguins uh, in uh, recent games. Uh, You look at his numbers, uh, he scored three goals in the last uh, six games uh, for the Penguins. He's had three-plus shots on goal in four straight games, so he's had opportunities. Comes back to Minnesota here, facing his former team. That always amps you up, that always gets you wanting to play well. No question about that. So I think uh, Jason Zucker here for Pittsburgh. Uh, might be something to consider. You can get plus 330, as high as plus 330 at Caesars here for uh, Jason Zucker prop tonight uh, in this game for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So that's not a bad look. You know, it's hard to sprinkle on these Minnesota props because their offense is so dormant right now. Uh, but if I had to pick a couple guys here, DeWar's not a bad option. Or And uh, I've talked about Mason Shaw before, uh, but I'm probably going to shy away from a lot of Minnesota props. Their offense is just not feeling it right now struggling to put the puck in the net as a team all right new york islanders nashville predators we got nashville minus 115 home favorites six the total shaded to the under uh five and a half six depending on where you look here uh, in this game so nashville's kind of uh pissed me off the last two games because i took minnesota against them i took the rangers against them and they won both games i'm, I'm done fading nashville for a bit all right all right you've, you've perked up give you credit I'm willing to do that. You've won two in a row after a bad stretch, beating the Rangers, beating the Wild. Great games in net from UC Soros. Much more compact, tighter checking, defensive-minded approach for Nashville, and it's working for them. You know, back-to-back two-to-one victories for them uh, against the Rangers and the Wild. So uh, I, I ain't fading Nashville now. I'll give them a chance to maybe hey, get on a little bit of a hot streak here. Uh, but, uh, the New York Islanders, I'm not in a rush to fade them. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They're playing good hockey. Uh, 4-2 win against the Ottawa Senators on uh, Monday night. Uh, they beat Columbus in overtime despite falling behind in that game. Yeah, they had the shocking upset against Arizona, but kind of a flat spot, and they kind of played like it. You know, really, other than that, they played some pretty good hockey, the Islanders, as of late. There's no question about that. Uh, this is a pass for me. Uh, although I'm tempted at five and a half with the look toward the over. I mean, I am just because you don't see five and a halfs very often. You saw five and a half with St. Louis, Chicago. By the time that game started last night, that total had dropped to five and a half in many books. And sure enough, that game flies over the total, uh, with room to spare. So yeah, it's two teams that are capable defensively and Nashville's really tightened it up the last two games. So I understand the move to five and a half, but man, is it ever tempting anytime you see a five and a half to look over the total. And when you actually look at the Islanders uh, in recent games, they had a six-goal game with Ottawa, a seven-goal game with Columbus, a seven-goal game with the Rangers, a seven-goal game with Calgary. Three of their last five games have actually gone over the total. So maybe pizza money, Isles Predators over five and a half for me, just because of this number dropping uh, to where it has. Uh, As far as props go uh, for this game, uh, for the Islanders, Oliver Wallstrom, uh, I've talked about Oliver Wallstrom a lot. Uh, he's still not being priced where uh, the uh, line mates that he plays with are. Zach Parise, the fountain of youth, has hit this guy all of a sudden. Uh, he scored the other night. He's had more chances. 
He's now up on the top line with Barzal and Wallstrom. Could we get a little Zach Parise turning back the clock tonight for the Islanders and maybe uh, finding the back of the net? Because he's getting the top line minutes with Barzal along with Wallstrom. Uh, that looks to be your top line based on the current line combos tonight for the uh, Islanders in this game. Like I said, Wallstrom's plus 370, plus 440 in some spots to score a goal. Holy shit, there's a guy on the top line, plus 440 uh, to score a goal tonight. Parise moving up to the top line, and he's upwards of plus 400, plus 410 uh, to score a goal tonight. So that's bargain bin personified uh, right there. Uh, those two uh, players, top line minutes, top line opportunity, plus 400 or better. Uh, to score a goal. That's the kind of shit we like to see uh, with the Ian Cameron player prop goal scorer bargain bin. No question about that. Um, so, well, tonight, uh, a couple others for the uh, Nashville Predators. I'm just going to see here what's uh, going to pique my interest here in terms of their props. Yuso uh, Parsonen, you know, it's a guy that is now centering the top line for the Nashville Predators. Yakov, there's actually some, more than a few options. Yakov Drennan's moving up to the second line. Mark Jankowski, who I shit you not, is from my area here, Hamilton, Dundas area. That's actually where he's from. Uh, and he's now, it looks like he's going to be the uh, second line center spot for the uh, Nashville Predators. He scored against the Rangers. He's getting more opportunity. He has two goals and three points in just five games. He's only played five games this year for Nashville, but he's got two goals and three points in the five games. And now he's on the second line center spot for the uh, Nashville Predators. That's not a bad, uh, that's a huge bargain bin. What is that prop on Jankowski? Plus 625 to score a goal. But he's played only in five games. He's had a couple of goals. So from that standpoint, that's worth a shot, you know, when you're getting that kind of price, in my opinion here for uh, Jankowski. Uh, Trennan moving up the line, uh, line up, like I said, to the second line. Yuso Parson in this centering the top line. He scored in his NHL debut against the Rangers on Saturday night. Uh, had a bunch of shots on goal there. Had a couple chances against Minnesota. He's getting 15 to 17 minutes of ice time, so he's getting the opportunity. Uh, absolutely. Yuso uh, Parson in for Nashville. So not a bad game to a dabble in props. Now, having said that, the total is five and a half, and Nashville's tightened the, the, the hell out of things. Uh, tightened up the uh, things a, a bunch the last two games. A, compare two to one games. It's not like, in theory, this is a game you want to flood the goal score prop market with a ton of bets. But nevertheless, um, there are some value laden options in this game. No question about that. That I just mentioned. All right, the New York Rangers and Seattle Kraken. Uh, Rangers minus one thirty five road favorites. Uh, six the total shaded to the under in this game. Uh, isn't it funny how Seattle? You know, one of those teams that they, they they were basically scoring three goals or more every single game uh, for, I would say, eight, nine, ten games straight, and all good things must come to an end. They've scored two in the last two games combined uh, following that five-game win streak. Uh, shut out by Minnesota, one nothing, and then losing 3-2 in overtime uh, to the Winnipeg Jets. You know, if I'm a Seattle Kraken fan, I'm a little bit pissed off that my team's five and two on the road, uh, you know, we're trying to make this building loud and, you know, a great atmosphere for the Kraken. And I think they're trying to do that, the fans. And yet only three and six for the Seattle Kraken at home this year. So definitely disappointing that they have not played better hockey uh, in front of this Climate Pledge Arena uh, uh, faithful uh, this season. But they have just not been able to do that. Um, you got the Rangers here coming into town. They uh, 
beat Arizona 4-1 on Sunday following a loss to Nashville uh, the night before that, 2-1. Uh, I'm at the point with the Rangers where I've seen enough I've seen enough inconsistency in their game that minus 135 on the road is not something I'm interested in. Uh, as much as I was singing the praises of the Rangers coming into the season, uh, as much as I think they could still come out of the Eastern Conference, just because when they have their power play rolling, they have just uh, they have Zabanajad, Kreider, uh, uh, and and that uh, Panarin and that great forward group the up front, their top six in particular going. They can be tough, and when Igor Shosturkin's locked in, uh, he's as good or better than any goalie going right now. But we've seen Shosturkin kind of not always on top of his game. We've seen the Rangers struggle to score goals at times. We've still seen a few breakdowns in the defensive zone at times from the New York Rangers as well. That's why they're 8-9 and nine right now, which is kind of a disappointing record uh, when you think about especially when you think about the way they started. How funny is it that both of these teams, believe it or not, they're equal in the number of wins. Rangers have won eight games. Seattle Kraken have won eight games. You would not have expected that. So it is Seattle back-to-back losses here. They probably don't want to keep this losing streak going on the homestand. I expect Seattle to have a good effort here. Uh, Rangers starting a road trip. You'd think they're going to bring it here. But uh, if I had to, I'd lean Rangers, but not at minus 135, not with the inconsistency I've seen from this group. Igor Shosturkin and Martin Jones, by the way, uh, confirmed to be your starting goaltenders uh, for this game tonight. Uh, for uh, their ex- res- uh, for their respective teams. Uh, as far as props go, Jimmy VC, I would stick with him on the uh, top line just because, again, you're not getting him priced the way he should be playing with Zibanejad and Kreider on the top line uh, for the New York Rangers. Uh, that's not a bad option in terms of a value in the uh, goal score prop market, in my opinion, plus 500 in some spots to score a goal. Can't argue with that. Uh, Barclay Goodrow has moved up to the uh, second line for the Rangers, and he has scored twice in the last three games, taking advantage of this opportunity, playing alongside a great playmaker like Panarin and also Vinny Trocek on that line. And he has upwards of plus 550 uh, to score a goal tonight for the uh, New York Rangers. So there's a couple that are value-laden. Jimmy VC, Barclay uh, Goodrow for the uh, New York Rangers. As far as Seattle goes, a lot of their goal scoring when they get it, you know, it's been mostly from the Schwartz, Wenberg, Burakovsky, Eberle uh, group. Uh, Matty Beneers has kind of quieted down a little bit the last few games. I mean, he has gone five straight games without a goal or a point uh, for the uh, Seattle Kraken. So it's mostly been Eberle. Uh, three goals in the last three games for uh, Jordan Eberle uh, for the uh, Seattle Kraken. I think in terms of current form, he's probably the best uh, up front right now for the uh, Kraken in terms of offense. So that's probably the one you'd want to target if you're going to expect anyone to find the back of the net and chip in here for the Kraken tonight. All right, Arizona Coyotes, Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas minus 380 to minus 400 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, this is an tr- interesting spot, interesting scheduling spot for Arizona considering you know what they're encountering here. They were out east. They were on this long road trip. You know, New York Islanders, New Jersey, New York Rangers, you know, out east and you're still on the road. And now you're flying three time zones across to Vegas uh, for this game. Um, So tricky spot for Arizona. You know, you got to adjust the body clock again uh, from the eastern time zone or the Pacific time zone. The, The one saving grace for the Coyotes is they haven't played since Sunday. All right. They've had three full days off. So this is not as bad a situation as it otherwise could have been uh, for them. So 
you know, it's not a great scheduling or tra- not the greatest scheduling or travel spot for Arizona. That being said, you know, Vegas cooling off finally. Two straight losses against St. Louis and then San Jose, which have suddenly stunned the hockey world the last three games, uh, winning uh, their final three road games against above-average competition, including a 5-2 win uh, against Vegas uh, on Tuesday night. So, yeah, it's been impressive to uh, see what they've done. But for Vegas, that's two in a row. Can Arizona really stun them? You know Arizona's been a feisty out lately. There's no question. They've been battling. They haven't been this, you know, horrendous, brutal team that people projected coming into the season, at least not in terms of their current form. They're still 4-3, and three, winning record, Arizona, in their last seven games. They beat Florida at home. They were able to beat Washington on the road, beat Buffalo on the road, upset the Islanders 2 nothing uh, on the uh, road as well. They lost to a New Jersey team that can't lose right now. And then they lost to the Rangers when they were on the second of a back-to-back. You know, tough spot for Arizona. So even the losses, you can excuse them and say, hey, not a bad loss. Dallas, not a bad loss. Uh, Arizona, uh, New Jersey, not a bad loss. Rangers on a back-to-back, tough spot on the road. You can't really hold that against Arizona. So, you know, there's a part of me that says, do I, do I, do I take the plus 330, plus 320, plus 330? That is the price we're seeing right now with uh, Arizona here uh, in this. Or is Vegas finally going to be uh, getting the uh, slap across the face and the wake-up call that they need? Was that the San Jose loss the other night? Uh, that remains to be seen. So, uh, again, they've just been on the road for so long. It's been a tough road schedule. Uh, but the fact that, you know, this team after 15 games is 6-9, and nine, you know, with some of the schedules, uh, you know, the schedule that they've had to deal with. You know, you still got to give them a, a decent amount of credit for that, uh, no doubt. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not interested in the Vegas side of things tonight. Logan Thompson has been confirmed, by the way, in net uh, for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, who still has very good numbers. And he's, look, he still had a very good season overall: two point three eight goals against, nine twenty two save percentage. You know, that being said, though, he has given up three plus goals in four straight starts. So the the the, the shorter term current form for Thompson hasn't been nearly as good uh, in uh, the net for uh, the Golden Knights here the last few games. So I definitely have a, a, a lean to Arizona just because I think, again, they're a little bit undervalued. They're playing better than a plus 320 underdog, okay? A plus 320 underdog is a team that's absolute shite as far as I'm concerned. No redeeming qualities, no compete level, no work ethic, just getting their doors blown off every night. That's what I think of with a plus 320 underdog. I don't see evidence of Arizona being a team like that the last few games. They've been in every game for the most part. The Dallas game got away from them at the end of the homestand. But other than that, 3-2 loss in overtime to Winnipeg. 3-2 loss to the Rangers. 4-2 loss to the surging Devils who can't be beaten right now. And then on a back-to-back against the Rangers in a tough spot. Okay, they lost that game 4-1. Do you know what I mean? Plus 320 should be a price attached to a team that is just out, can't get out of their fucking way right now. And that's not Arizona right now uh, at this point in time. So, yeah, to me, there's value on Arizona. But at the same time, you're also thinking, man, is this the night that Vegas just steps up and just, you know, puts the boots to somebody, an angry team, two losses in a row since returning home from that perfect road trip? That's the big debate that I've got going on. Plus, I want to make sure Vimelka's in net. I wouldn't ever take Arizona tonight with Ingram. Uh, Ingram has not been great. Vimelka has been very good uh, as of late. 
for the uh, air, for the New Jersey or for the Arizona Coyotes. New Jersey game, he gave up four goals. That was his high water mark the last few games, but he was brilliant on that road trip. Two goals allowed to Washington on 30, 36 saves or 34 saves. One goal, 32 saves against Buffalo. Shut out the uh, Islanders. 24 saves shutout for uh, Vimelka against them. So, you know, you better be ready to play if you're Vegas. And I'm sure Bruce Cassidy is going to try to get the troops back on track. It wouldn't surprise me to see, uh, you know, him make a few line changes tonight. So keep an eye on that. You know, you've lost two in a row. I could see, you know, them shaking up the lines a little bit uh, for this game tonight, which might give you some opportunities with some of these uh, Vegas uh, goal props tonight. If you see someone moving up the lineup, getting an extra opportunity, uh, we don't know who that's going to be yet. As far as Arizona goes, there is a couple props that I'm uh, interested in for them. Uh, one of them is definitely Lawson Kraus, uh, no question. And this uh, Matthias Michelli uh, is someone that is now moving up to the top line, has had two or more shots on goal in four straight games. Michelli is on the top line with Bukestad and with Kraus. Uh, so those two top liners, I think, uh, Kraus and uh, Michelli might be two props you consider here for the uh, – Arizona Coyotes. Do you bet Phil Kessel against his old team to score a goal? That angle's in play. Uh, you have to remember that. So that might be something you consider as well. Phil Kessel, anytime goal score, plus 330 in some spots facing the Coyotes. Uh, you never know. Might be able to find the back of the net. So more of a prop game for me, uh, but lean Arizona at this price, honestly, at plus 320. And I'll probably put pizza money on it if I get a Karel Vamelka confirmation in net. All right, uh, last game of this uh, monster 13-game card uh, for this Thursday night. We've got Detroit and San Jose. Uh, San Jose minus 130, home favorites, uh, six and a half the uh, total. Uh, in the, Actually, six, I should say, the total in this game. I like the over in this game. San Jose is an over machine, guys. They just keep on scoring goals. Their defense is always capable of giving them up. And it's the perfect over team, the perfect over recipe right now. Uh, for the San Jose Sharks. So I like over the total here uh, with uh, Red Wings and Sharks. San Jose's been trending that way. Uh, what are they, 8-1-1 one and one to the over in their last 10 games? Um, so they have definitely been the poster child for overs lately. Team that's scoring goals in bunches, giving up goals in bunches, although that did not happen against Vegas. Uh, holding them to two goals was a pretty good accomplishment. Um but I wouldn't say that that's not going to be something you see routinely. They also held Minnesota to two goals, but Minnesota's offense scuffling a little bit right now. Uh, I still think there's a below average defensive team and everything in the numbers point out that they are still a below average defensive team. So I like over six. I think the San Jose team total, you know, I've talked about this with San Jose, their team total, you know, is three and a half. If you go to bed MGM, you can actually get uh, over three. Uh, at uh, a, a pretty solid price there if you want a, a little extra security uh, with the a team total bet. But here's a San Jose team that in nine straight games has scored at least three goals. All right, at least three goals for the San Jose Sharks uh, in their last nine games. And again, their team total over three minus 125 at BetMGM. So I, I like that a little bit as well uh, going into this game tonight. But at the same point in time, I would rather do the, the full game over, and I would rather do a team total with San Jose than take minus 130 with them in this spot. Because as well as they've played these last uh, few games, they've won three in a row, beating Dallas, beating Minnesota, beating Vegas, the last three games of that road trip, uh, three above average teams as well. Give them credit. But you have that great three-game win streak. You come back home. 
tricky little spot. We know San Jose long-term has struggled in these kind of situations. That kind of has you pointing toward Detroit, a Red Wings team off a loss, uh, off four losses in a row, in fact. Uh, they've kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, the first two games of this California road trip, losses to the Kings and the Ducks is the final game of that road trip. And then they go to Columbus for a game Saturday night, and then they'll have a little break and return home prior to Thanksgiving when they play Nashville uh, next Wednesday. But no, it's just right now a little bit of a tough time for the uh, Red Wings, 0-4 uh, at the moment. Uh, we got to close out games, the Red Wings are saying. Um so they're saying all the right things, but again, they're making mistakes with the puck. Even Mo Sider, you know, it looks like he hasn't always made crisp, good puck management plays lately. And we know what happened with Bertuzzi uh, the other night against Anaheim in overtime. That was rough, you know, to see him uh, just cough that puck up right in front of the net uh, like he did. So, yeah, it's definitely not great for him. I'm not in a rush to take Detroit. And I'm not in a rush at all to take minus 130 with San Jose on the first home game off a very successful road trip either. So I think for me, it's attack these uh, totals markets instead. We know San Jose has been an over machine over eight, eight, one and one in their last 10 games. I like over six here. I think the team totals were the look for the Sharks as well. Over three minus 125 team that has scored at least three goals in nine straight games. So that's probably where I'm going to uh, go with this uh, Red Wings and Sharks game. As far as the goaltending tonight, uh, it was Billy Huso in net against Anaheim. I still stand by the fact that he's been the better goalie, but lately Derek Lalone's been kind of going back and forth. He's been given Nadelkovic a start. It seems like Huso doesn't start more than two games in a row, and then he'll go back to Nadelkovic. Uh, for one game. So we'll see if that's the case tonight uh, for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. It will be James Reimer once again in between the pipes for San Jose. As far as the props go uh, for this game, um, look, uh, we'll have to see if uh, Jonathan Berggren, someone I mentioned uh, in the uh, Anaheim game the other night, he just recently got called up, made his NHL uh, debut here with the Red Wings, and he got on the scoreboard against Anaheim, has had four shots on goal the last two games. Uh, it looks like he's might be pushed down the lineup a little bit. So keep an eye on that, but he's still probably someone I'd consider here for a goal prop tonight for the uh, Detroit Red Wings going into this game tonight, Jonathan Berggren for them, San Jose on the flip side, Barabanov, Le LeBanc, uh, continue to be hardworking players night in and night out. Luke Cunning as well, actually has suddenly started to find a little offensive mojo, two goals, the last uh, five games from him, two shots on goal or more in for the last five games, he might not be a bad under the radar uh, player prop option as well. Going into this game tonight for San Jose, obviously, you know, who the big guns are the ones that have been st uh, st stirring the drink, if you will, for them offensively. Timo Meyer has been on fire two, three, four, five, six, seven goals uh, in the last seven games for uh, Timo Meyer. Uh, we know Tomas Hurdle is dangerous. Uh, he's had three goals in the last five games and a whopping seven points. Uh, in the last five games as well for the uh, San Jose Sharks. So we know they have definitely uh, been the, the, the two guys you count on, a little bit of Logan Couture as well, but especially Hurdle and Meyer. Uh, they are the two guys that really uh, keep it going here for the uh, San Jose Sharks offensively and uh, are the catalysts for their ability to score goals as a team. So there's a bunch of player prop options I would look at for this game. And like I said, most interested in the over six as well as the uh, team total over three. Minus 125 for the Sharks uh, in this game. All right, there you go. That is the Thursday card. 13 games packed with analysis, packed with an in-depth breakdown. Can't do it any better than that. Uh, Alex, thanks for uh, toughing it 
out uh, early in the show uh, earlier on. Uh, I'll mention what his best bet is for those of you on YouTube. He posted it in the chat. His best bet for this uh, ma massive Thursday card. Hit that like button. 174 live viewers right now uh, on YouTube. Hit that like button. Uh, appreciate it very much uh, if you're able to do that. Uh, a great show. And looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Alex is away, but we will have Jimmy Murphy uh, back for his weekly spot. We're going to make it a weekly guest spot with Jimmy Murphy on the show. Uh, he'll be with us tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Only one game tomorrow night. L.A. Vancouver will break that down. And we will also just do a, we'll kick it around the league with Jimmy. We'll talk, you know, a bunch of teams around the NHL, state of the league address, if you will. Talk a lot of Bruins, I'm sure, as well with Jimmy. Uh, we'll do that on the uh, Friday show. Uh, with just one game, we'll be able to just uh, shoot the shit, if you will, about all kinds of things and teams and storylines going around the NHL right now uh, on the Ice Guys show uh, tomorrow. So definitely looking forward to that. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Uh, make sure you're checking that out. It's just $10 a month to subscribe to that. The daily Ice Guys show betting card is up there every day. Uh, power ratings, goalie charts, and tons of bonus content, and even more bonus content on the way, especially when we get into the new year. Just $10 a month, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. All right, best bet to wrap up this show. Alex B. Smith's best bet. I'll put it on the screen right now. There it is. Pittsburgh Penguins minus 105 against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, that is going to be Alex's best bet for this Thursday card. And my best bet for this show, I'm El Diablo. New Jersey Devils plus 125 against Toronto. They are just too good to be getting that kind of price right now. Uh, I don't buy into trap. The, the trap is for, you know, uh, for mice and for cheese. Those kind of traps. I don't buy into betting traps. You know, I, I can give you countless examples of, oh, I thought something was a trap, and it really turned out it wasn't a trap. Baltimore against Tampa Bay in the NFL on the Thursday night a few weeks ago. Tampa was struggling, uh, laying points. Oh, they're begging you to bet Baltimore. Baltimore won that game. There was no trap there, none whatsoever. Uh, there's countless. TCU plus seven against Texas in college football last week. People saying, what the hell is undefeated TCU doing as a best bet? Uh, or TCU plus seven. What the hell is that? This TCU team undefeated. What are they doing getting seven points against Texas? That's got to be a trap. You have to take Texas. They're trying to trap you to take TCU. No, TCU has still ended up winning the game outright uh, and covering. So that's all I heard. You know, trap, trap, trap. I don't buy into traps. Uh, there's, you know, there's most traps. There's fishing traps. There's all kinds of other traps that are real, that are legitimate. Betting traps, I don't buy into them. So I've heard that too. It's got to be a trap here in New Jersey, plus 125. Well, if it is, hook, sign me up. I'm falling right into it. But you got a team that's red hot right now. Uh, Toronto still can have these, you know, we, how many times have we seen Toronto look great one game like they did against Pittsburgh Tuesday night and not look so good the next game? It has happened quite a bit with this uh, Leafs team. And again, you're just, this is a value price here. This is a 13 and three hockey team. This is a 10 game win streak for the New Jersey devils, six and one on the road. You can't even use that argument that, Hey, they, they're on the road here in Toronto. Can't trust them on the road. Oh, they've only been six and one on the road this year. Clearly they've shown an ability to win road games. Didn't they beat Edmonton on the road? Didn't they beat Calgary uh, on the road? Two damn good teams from Alberta earlier this year. So, yeah, to me, this was a slam dunk choice for best bet for me on this Thursday slate. New Jersey Devils plus 125 uh, against Toronto for my best bet 
uh, for this Thursday card. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone uh, in the chat for joining us. Uh, hit the like button uh, on the way out. Uh, and a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. Uh, it's a massive 13-game slate. Cash some tickets tonight on the ice, and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday. Jimmy Murphy joining us for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. Thank <sighs> you.